Hello, Annie Trenders, and welcome to The Girl Taku, hosted by the ladies of Anime Trending. We are back with another fun topic on the table. My name is Gracie, and I'm joined by... Hello, I am Isabel, and... This is Agnes. Sup, y'all? It's Jack here, too. Yep, we have a surprise! All four of us is here today for the Girl Taku episode. <laughs> Yay! Yay. <laughs> And for everyone wondering why, well, without further ado, the Girl Taku today will be about Ultimate Games, whether Ultimate Games have made a personal impact on us, on how we see dating, on how we see potential love interests, or any other uh, personal impacts per se. So for this particular episode, we are going to include all four of our stories because we are all very different and have very different experiences and perspectives including Jack, who I do think his story is very important for us to put into this two-part episode. Today's is the more personal uh, aspect one. Next episode, we're just going to hound Jack with questions. So. <laughs> you're, giving, you're setting the standard way too high for me. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, um, I mean, you have the most experience out of us all of here. Ooh, yeah, ooh, at least in the ooh. actual professional side <laughs> of this whole Otome development business. <sighs> point, exactly. Yeah, We're technically yeah. bringing in an expert, so. Right, exactly as that. So with that being said, uh, we have an order today, and I'm going to go ahead and talk about my experience with Ultimate Games and whether it's made a personal impact or not first. And there's a very specific reason for that, which is, I'm pretty sure I'm the latest bloomer out of this entire group about Ultimate Games because it wasn't until college that I even realized they existed. I had no concept of what Ultimate Games even were and that like, you know, that people made them and that they were popular. And I'm not talking about like freshman year of college, you know, that big pivotal year where you're away from your parents and you're discovering things on your own. No, no, no. I'm talking about like, I have been at college for a while before I learned the term ultimate games and figured out what ultimate games mean. There's several reasons for that. The first one being, as everyone on this Girl Taku podcast know, I am not a gamer at all. So I didn't know what RPG stood for until I was in college as well. So I'm missing, I have like a huge like blankness in my knowledge about video games. And so that's the first reason as to why I didn't even know of Ultimate Games' existence up until college. The second reason for that is uh, my otakuness. I didn't really find an anime community or like a group of friends who were all otakus until I joined Anime Trending, actually. So you guys here are my first group of otaku friends that I've ever had. Growing up, it's always just been me who's separately the otaku. And I will have one or two friends to share it with, but I wouldn't really call them otakus either. And they definitely didn't see themselves as otakus. So I didn't really have like a larger community who would, you know, per se, know, have these gaming knowledge and know about these type of games. So that's my second reason. And ultimately, my third reason, which kind of like goes into the topic of today, is that Ultimate games are not made for me, to be particularly honest. I was never into the whole like insert character love story that a lot of girls understandably were into back in their teenager years of middle school and high school. I mean, this is why Twilight was so big and successful. 
You know, a lot of people, when they think back to Twilight, they're like, well, Bella is so boring. She has no personality. Because if we think about it, Bella's kind of empty as a way for us to, as the reader, to self-insert into her and think about all these vampires and stuff happening to us and imagining that. And so with that being said, I didn't care for that at all growing up. I wanted, you know, I want all these different cast of characters. I never really shit myself either with any character growing up, I would ship characters together instead. So self-insert stories just really are not my thing. And a lot of Ultimate games are self-insert stories. And so quite frankly, when I discovered Ultimate games, and I don't even remember the name of the first Ultimate game I played, I downloaded it because A, it was free. B, I saw like anime characters-esque things on it. And then C, I discovered Ultimate games and I was like, oh, it's kind of like a bunch of short stories you're reading, you know, like random uh, romance short stories. That's pretty fun. I like stories. I like romance. And so I downloaded it and I hated it because I was so bored beyond my mind because the girl had no personality. And I was just like, I don't feel anything from like these stories because I want chemistry between these characters. But when the girl is so empty, it's just empty. It's just empty chemistry. And I don't want to be with the guy, so I'm not interested in him addressing me either. And then I made the mistake of thinking these like extra side stories where you use your, you know, diamonds or whatever extra little thing that's in the game to buy would be like better stories. Instead, they were filled with sex. And I was just like, oh, now I'm even more bored because I'm not interested in reading about those. And so (laughs) and so I was. Yeah, I was not happy with Ultimate Games and I was just thoroughly bored and like was just very like, ugh. it is to play to put simply, it is not for me. So it should come as no surprise that my answer to whether Ultimate Games have made any personal impacts on me, such as how I see dating or my love interest and stuff. It's really no impact in that regard. But it does have a different kind of impact because I'm just such a nerd. So one thing that I did get out of Ultimate Games is I have never seen tropes like character types divided out so perfectly into boxes before I found Ultimate Games. You know, there is the rebel, there's, you know, the the noble one, the princely one, there's the sweet, awkward one, there's like the cool, mysterious one, there's the quiet one that, you know, comes off as like detached when in reality he's like awkward and he wants to be social and stuff like that. I have never seen such clean like examples of character types before. And that really interested me enough for me to create a guide of character types. And I swear, like, I swear to God, I made a Word document specifically listing out. Why is out- this so on brand of you? This, is- <laughs> this really is. It's so scary that this is so on brand of you. And yet we're all sitting here very surprised that you would do something like this. <laughs> Wait, you are surprised? <laughs> I am I mean, kind of surprised because little, nobody but. it's more like nobody <laughs> from any gaming community or ultimate community would do something like this and yet <laughs> this is very on brand of you you make oodles of spreadsheets and documents so <laughs> yes I know I must I make was, sense of it is what's going on in your head honestly <laughs> it was it, and I really was so fascinated with how cleanly these character types were separated out like I said I've because even in cliche anime, they do, the characters do have some blended elements to them that aren't just complete, like, 
cliches, you know, at least the ones I've seen. So when I was playing Ultimate Games, I have never seen just such clean character tropes on page. And I'm like, this is fascinating. And so I built a Word document where I wrote out, here is each type of character personality type that you will find, like a character trope that you will find in these Ultimate Games. And I literally played multiple ones just to check my work. <laughs> and so, and I would like separate them and list their names out on it. And like, and I made this bulleted list of each of their common traits that I'll find. And I'll like write, why does this work? Why do people like this type of character? And then of course I did their MBTI type because why wouldn't I? <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, for research mm -hmm. for research purposes and writing purposes and then I did their love languages too because I was like why not I'm already there so <laughs> why do I feel like you're that one meme of the 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 African-American kid who's trying to explain things to his mom and his mom's just like singing in a chair and trying to comprehend what, <laughs> what you're trying to say I feel like that's all of us here trying to understand that you made documents on the personality types you dug into their mbti and then you made a love language chart for them like who are you and also you said you don't like romance sims and you did all this work for a thing you don't like like at all i oh yeah <laughs> exactly i i mean so that being said i did find one ultimate game that i did end up liking it's also a free game it's by voltage and so there's there's a reason why it works so well with me one, there's a lot of historical accuracy despite everything. So this is like around samurai lords. And I learned a lot of history from the event stories. Like I know so much about the Sengoku era because of a lot of tidbits that they were dropping the event stories that Quick I would Agnes, just look up. Reference. Yes, I would look up and I would look up and I would see like how accurate it is. And I would be really impressed on how they weaved in these real life like historical events with like a love story of all things. The second big thing that this particular ultimate game, you know, really passes the mark for me on is the girl's personality changes depending on the guy. So the girl is not a blank slate. She is very bubbly and proactive with one type. With another type, she's a lot more reserved and shy. And then another type, she's just a freaking rebel and a total badass. Like she is so cool. It, like in one of the other ones. So you're not really playing the same girl depending on the guy. and that's a lot more enjoyable for me because now I'm interested in what I'm reading because I can actually feel the chemistry between the characters. So I kind of read it more like a first person, you know, romance story rather than a self insert game in any sort. So that being said, yes, I had a great time um, documenting these tropes and specifically how they work and why they work in there. I went so far on my MBTI charts that I made literal charts. You know how in the 16 personalities, they'll give you a percentage like of how much E and I you are and how much N, like, uh, N and S you are. I did that for all the types. And so <laughs> I made, ch I made literal charts for them. And that whole thing is the personal impact on me because I do feel like the game has given me a pretty good window and understanding as to why these character types and tropes work so well and why people really like them and how it matches better with certain girls. Cause then I started perusing like ultimate game forums and then seeing which guys they prefer and why, mm. and I'm able to match them to the type of personality that they have and so yeah it's a whole deal and it became like a psychological research and a writing research thing for me than anything else so 
Um, so that's my personal, that's my personal impact Ultimate Games have had on me. Probably not what you guys were expecting, but also still probably what you guys were expecting of me. What can I say? I am unpredictably predictable. That's what I always say. So, um, okay. So that's my thing. And I have gotten it out of the way. I hope you guys don't think I'm even more of a weirdo than you guys uh, probably already think I am. So I'm going to pass the baton now to Isabel and hear, you know, what you got to say. I'm hope hopefully a, a lot more normal than what I was doing in regards to compiling word documents and analyzing like character tropes and stuff like that <laughs> okay i do have a question though before we move i'm just curious because you did all this research on the character trek mm -hmm. types yeah um, did you go for you know all the routes for this you know research purpose or did you lean towards oh you know doing your own mbti and then matching it with one of the characters in the games did you do that like oh i'll start with this type of character first like did you have a tendency to you know start that story first or some um, you know usually you have different routes for guys would you go towards that that type of uh person first or no or you would just oh all of them? Mm -hmm. i see what you're saying so i did do all of them but that being okay. said my first set i did all of them and i did the research but then i quickly figured out which one's my type which to no one's surprise is the cool detached guy who is actually socially awkward so you know i love awkward people. I like Sundarays. You know how I am. So uh, <laughs> so that being said, what I would do is try to see if I can guess which, like without reading their previews, like literally just look at a graphic and guess which one is the character type that I am more sort of biased for and see how accurate I am. And at first I was kind of like a hit or miss, but after that I became extremely accurate <laughs> the more I was like recording things down and stuff like that. So does that answer your question? <laughs> oh yes, yeah, that's perfect. I actually, yeah, that's also if I could jump in, I actually do have a tiny bit of insight into why Gracie noticed that sort of clean lines about between character personalities. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that's, as you can probably realize now, that's a very deliberately done thing in this kind of like area of entertainment like those mm -hmm. cleanly divided character types and tropes like the when you write these things you are told to write to tropes not to characters like that is the first thing they tell you when you're when in terms of narrative whether it's narrative design for a game for a book like especially like harlequin romance really does overlap really well with otome so you write to tropes you aren't writing characters like that's the first thing that they kind of tell you about these types of stories and to give kind of the logical reasoning in this part of romance media, it's because of the audience preference. Like this is supposed to be like the easy read or the guilty pleasure read. Like it's not one that I want to think too hard about. I just want to like pick it up at the airport and read it on the plane and enjoy it while I have like a five hour flight. Like it is not supposed to be like sort of the mind boggling one. It's the one that's just enjoyable. I know what I'm getting into and I know what will happen as I go through. So that's how you get repeat customers and easy reading. So like if I know oh. this company, if I know, for example, Voltage, like you mentioned, or if I know a particular Harlequin romance author, then I know what I'm getting into when I see their name on a book or when I see the company name on a mobile app. Like it'll give me what I want and I don't have to like worry too much if I'm making a good purchase or if I'm making the wrong choice of what media I want to think in. It's kind of like how if you like reality TV, you will look for more reality TV because it's more of the same, but that's what you want. Like you want more of the mm -hmm. same. So it's like, See, this is why we have yeah. Jack here, guys. Oh. 
I think it makes that's logical really good sense insight. when you try to think about it more deeply from like kind of like an audience audience analysis point of view. But unless you're in the situation where you need to think of it from an audience analysis point of view, I don't think it comes to mind naturally. But I, I feel like it makes kind of lo- the steps make logical sense. Yes, I, I think so, too. So that was great insight. And this is why it ended up being a great exercise for me. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, all right. Any more questions before we move on to the next girl to share? <laughs> oh, I do have one question. Oh, yeah. What, pray tell, what is the title of the Otome game that made you create all of this? Pray tell. Oh, the first yes, one? Tell. I I genuinely don't remember. I'm really sorry. I genuinely don't. I just know the the icon was like a red-haired ninja who was totally not my type. <laughs> so and and then there my favorite one was a guy with like mismatched eyes and he just looked angsty which is you know to no one's surprise really um but i genuinely do not remember exactly what was my first one that ended up sending me into this psychological research route i'm is so it sorry samurai love ballad party no no no. actually samurai no. love ballad party is the one that i do like where the girl changes personalities depending on the guy oh okay that's the one yeah. okay yeah i don't remember oh, okay, the first okay, one the one that i was just like ew people play this this is so boring you know very condescending of me i know i was <laughs> so i was not mean. great guys so. <laughs> not, i mean we were all kind of like it- that's weirdly edgy in high school. So I think it's I think it's the Shall We Date series, Ninja Love. That's the one that. That's oh, the, one the I, Shall We Date yeah, series. The Shall we oh, date I think classic. classic. You know what? That does sound <laughs> I'm familiar. Like, I'm like yeah. red haired man. That sounds familiar. And then yeah, I'm no, like, that does I sound re- familiar. <laughs> and then I only remember it because I was like the first character that I had seen was Kotoro Fuma, the version of him in the Shall We Date series, and I was like, what a guy! He has white hair. What a cool guy. <laughs> Oh, I remember playing that game. I remember going for Kotaro, oh, actually. Man. That was the only character I cared he's about. Like, he's like, what, like, white and purple motifs, if I remember correctly? Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, there you go. Okay, nailed it. Love their white-haired, purple-eyed men, so. Oh, absolutely. That was him and that. I mean, you love your silver-haired men anyway, Gracie, so yes. it's close enough. Yes, I will. I love my silver-haired men. I love my angst men. I love my eye patch men. And I love men who have deep, deep-seated issues, so. But we will not talk about that. <laughs> All right. That, that last one sounds concerning, but we'll just move on. We'll move. We're moving on. So, Isabel, your turn. Um, you know, did Ultimate uh, Games have a impact on you on how you v- viewed your romance and your relationships, or did it have like a very different kind of impact, like it did on me? <laughs> yeah, a different impact, but I obviously not the same type of impact as you. I could pro- probably never go um, you know, off a game and start making guides. I'm the type of person who would read your guide and look for it online. Oh, that makes me feel so good. <laughs> no, I honestly, when you Don't were talking encourage about her. It, I was like, please uh, post this somewhere so I can read this. That's what I would do if I didn't get the guide right on an Otome game. So I would be that obsessed player because at first I would be a gamer first, right? So I want to play this role correctly because I think I was obsessed with the fact that there were good roles or good routes and bad routes. And I always wanted to land on a good route. Or if I wanted to land on a bad route, how would I hit that? So I'd go up and look online and, you know, how do I get to this? Like, what answer do I have to give to this person so I get there? Um, Especially when you get want to get relationship points too, so that you oh, can yeah. unlock the SR scenes. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. 
So yeah, I would, I think I mostly would be really obsessed with games, and I start really too. I wish I had known about this, you know, back when I was in high school or middle school when I had more time to play, but I also started in college. My first game was Mystic Messenger in- Ah! Yeah! Yeah. Uh, I- yeah, I only I probably saw like a post online, probably on Tumblr or something, and I thought, oh, this is cool. Let me check this out. And and then after that, it became like a giant like waterfall or what do you call it? You Avalanche, sunk into a, the I rabbit hole. Sucked into it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Mystic Messenger was something else. Mm-hmm. Out of all the Ultima games at the time, it was like the next generation of Otome games in terms of quality. It was very different from the stuff that Voltage was pumping out, which was like kind of mediocre and tame at the time. Yeah, so I didn't find it until after. So it's kind of weird that that was my first experience and then I got all my roommates into it. So oh my gosh! We <laughs> Terrible. It. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were so obsessed with the routes as well. Kind of, you know, did you do this guy's yet or that guy's? Um, in terms of how it influenced my relationships or things like that i always took it as kind of something um like fantasy honestly because they fit into these boxes so perfectly that i feel that any person really doesn't really follow that they might have some qualities of that but then they also have other qualities so for me i just choose kind of character that's most similar to me kind of like cold reserved um obviously i'm not a ceo type rich but i do (coughs) usually go for those types of characters um and it's usually I'm also drawn to just the characters that kind of appear closer to the screen or like the bigger one, bigger characters, um, because that's where, you know, it's kind of focused and um, that's how I end up choosing them as well. I have a terrible thought that I'm going to keep to myself now. So. <laughs> okay. Share it with the class, Gracie. <laughs> you can't just say that on a podcast and not share. Yeah, Come share on. it with Isabel, the class, please. do I have permission? <laughs> Okay, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, on? might as well. I, w- I had a thought when Isabel was saying she likes the ones where the guys are close up to the screens and stuff, aka they're close to you. I was like, ah, Isabel's are into the daddies. And so <laughs> that was... Goodbye, farewell! Ouch. <laughs> Isabel's reputation is ruined for girl taku. <laughs> for everyone to know. Now you all know. <laughs> so, so, so Isabel's a dilf. She's she's, she's into, into them, yeah. Dilf. I'd be scared yeah. if Isabel was one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not, not quite, but okay. Sometimes. Close enough. Maybe. But not, yeah. So are you romancing yourself since you say you pick the ones that are like most similar to you? <laughs> In terms of like, I guess, personality type, um, I guess I chose those more and then kind of I feel like the opposite type or like the more like what do you call it? Uh like Genki? more Yeah, Genki type I wouldn't go for. That would be like the last person I choose on route. I would go oh, okay. the one I want, you know, the one I'm closest to the most or uh would like actually maybe really see a relationship with the most and then go down from that and then choose um other people. Mm-hmm. Um but that's how I typically would go through the games. Um and then so that was kind of like my first experience, and then also playing like Ikim, Ikimen Sengoku. I oh, I know that, that one. I yeah, the same thing for that one. Part of I've my research. One, yeah. Part of my research. <laughs> <laughs> All part of research. It's not like you like it or anything. Mm. I like yeah, the um, one that was angsty. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> of course you did. Of course you did. Mm-hmm. But yeah, otherwise, and then more recently, uh, we also did podcasts on that other one. 
the one that Mr. Love won as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That I was obsessed with, but I also took it to a different level where I just let it play the whole day because I wanted cards instead, the SSR cards. Um, instead of playing the routes, I slowly, nowadays, I've been moving away from the novel part or I find it more boring now. Okay. Uh, to me. Mm. And because I have less time overall to read them. Mm-hmm. And not only that, it's like... I feel like I'm just, um, I think it was easier before when I was kind of just reading the story or they kind of limit you on a certain number of days that you can interact with the characters. But now I feel like you can do a lot of things. You can, you know, build your own house, um, start like um, putting items in there, buying items. So it's like a whole world that you could immerse yourself in. And I'm just like, I have other things to do. I don't have time for this, but I can see myself like if I really wanted to really immerse myself in that. So that's why I've kind of stopped for now because if I do, it's not it's not going to be good. And can you remind me again? <laughs> was Mister Love one where they did better than the game, or was the game still more interesting? Uh, there were some parts in the anime that they cleaned up and clarified a bit okay. because some of the scenes at the beginning are quite abrupt in the game. But overall, in terms of animation and delivering content, it's pretty standard, like, otome stuff. There's nothing super special about okay, it. Okay. It just cleaned up the story transition a bit better. Okay, got it. Yeah, because I remember you guys talked about it, but obviously I didn't, you know, watch it or play the game, per se. So, also, sure, another yeah. quick question, Isabel. It sounded, I'm going to guess you were playing it in college because you mentioned roommates. Yes. Okay. Or for Mystic Messenger, yes. Okay. And mostly in college. Mm-hmm. Out of curiosity, do you think it would have been different if you played it as a teenager? Because let's not forget, you know, when we enter college, our brains are starting to mature. And so we are sort of better able to critically analyze media. Something that, you know, Sean and I would often talk about is as like adults, you kind of realize when you enjoy trash for trash and you're not enjoying it and thinking it's literally the best thing in the world. But as teenagers, they have a harder time distinguishing that. So would you think like it could have impacted how you viewed love lives if you played it as a teenagers? Oh, yeah, I definitely think so. Uh, if I just, you know played it as a younger type of character, like how you mentioned Twilight and self-insert, that's what I, I would constantly do as a middle schooler. Like it doesn't matter which novel it was. I would self-insert on in most books even if it was a male character i would kind of self-insert oh okay they were the main character so i would read books like that um and then of course otome games obviously you are the self-insert character so i would i would probably expect you know if i was going on to college after kind of expecting these types of guys to show up in my life <laughs> so it does set up those expectations um or either if that doesn't happen then i will be you know looking at someone and kind of put, trying to put them into these boxes because this is what I learned from games, right? Or the games uh, that I play. So I want to, you know, realize what type of character they are. And then like, oh, did I, you know, will this be right for me? Or, you know, what what, what can I expect out of them, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, I was wondering about that. And finally, do you have a favorite Ultimate game just based on the ones you have played? Yeah, that's a good question. Um... I do like, I, I guess I like Mystic Messenger because that was the first one I experienced and I had a good, I feel like I had a good, um, I guess, review of it, um, how the game played out and how the um, characters were and how it set up kind of my expectation for other games that I played down the road. I did try this one game, I think it's another Korean one, it's called Pika, um, 
And it's a little different concept. It's kind of similar to Mystic Messenger where they kind of、uh, message each other all the time. But you're in a group this time. So instead of you going after people, you're part of this group of people, kind of like、uh, three, three boys and three girls. And then、um, oh, you're supposed to、okay. interact with all of them. And then you kind of give hearts to each other. Can you get together you with one of the girls? No, sadly. Hell yeah. Oh, that's what、no. I was hoping for. But like, no, because you... Mystic Messenger had that. And、yeah. That was like that's the thing nice Mystic Messenger diversity.、Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, right? The fact that Mystic Messenger is like one of the few really good Otome games back then that was the only one that offered diversity, quote unquote, because you know, it has the token female character that you could ship yourself with. That's it. <laughs>、mm-hmm. Well, that yeah, sucks. So, <laughs> yeah, I wish Pika could have that because I was like, oh, okay, I'm in a group of people now, and you know, this, is, this seems like a more recent game. I should be able to choose a girl, right?、Mm-hmm. But no, like the hearts are limited to only giving them to guys. Which I found interesting because I thought the game could be for anybody. So I feel like if you're a guy playing the game, you just kind of like, oh, this isn't meant for me. All of a sudden, you know.、Mm-hmm. And I know these games are specifically posi- positioned towards like straight women, but you know, we talked about this briefly in our like female anime characters. We simp like we're. Totally down to check out and see, you know, what it would be like to romance another woman if we think that woman is really cool and admirable. At least I definitely am, just out of curiosity, if nothing else. So,、uh, I mean, if the queen wants to step on me, I'll let her. Yeah,、so. exactly. See, ten out of ten, right there. So I feel like they, you know, they underestimate like how much women is like because I know, once again I know this is specifically positioned towards straight women how how much straight women are willing to you know play around and you know、um, and read these stories heck、uh, so one thing I will also you know I will also、uh, give a spotlight to the Voltage game the Samurai Love Ballad Party. Is they had like a ninja set of characters later, of which one of the supporting characters that showed up was non-binary. So they grew up as a girl because they had to hide their identity. But they've lived away for so long now, and also they feel so comfortable in both genders that they just kind of like switch between the two, and they don't really. And they themselves admit they don't really feel a particular quote-unquote loyalty to a particular gender. So thus, they don't. Really identify as one or the other, particularly strong. And the girls made a huge ruckus on social media, being like, "Let us romance them because they look beautiful. <laughs> like, let give them as an option for us." And the game was like, "You know what? You got it," and gave them a row. And so, like, that was really nice. But I think that also shows once again, like, you know. Giving even for games that are specifically aimed towards straight women, like you know, give them women options. I promise you, straight women will play them just out of curiosity, if nothing else. So, <laughs> that being said, with my little spiel, does anyone else have more questions for Isabel before we move on to Agnes? <laughs> no, but I have another one of those insights that you just reminded me about. If you don't mind me just jumping in, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, it is really interesting that you say that it's mostly aimed towards straight women, which is true. It really is. But there are a couple of like Western mobile games, and I will emphasize Western mobile games、mm-hmm. that do introduce various genders. So includes non-binary car-、uh, love interests as well, as well as just your I, I don't know your your usual man and woman genders. But in these, it actually does kind of. It's very interesting because these ones let you choose your character. I think for the most part, it's for some reason it's actually 
restricting you yourself to be a man or a woman rather than I don't know why you wouldn't have an option for non-binary. But anyway, you can date man, woman or non-binary or various others in in some of these other games. And I think that at least speaks to mobile games trying to reach out to a different audience that's not just straight women who want to play Otome games. The ones that come to mind are Love Struck, which is by Voltage, but I will clarify, Voltage USA, which okay. doesn't exist anymore, I think. Yeah, unfortunately. So, yep. Uh so yeah, so Love Struck by Voltage USA had a lot of those and Choices, which is by Pixelberry, which is under Nexon, so I guess it's technically Korean and then USA. But both of those, again, being Western games, kind of try to expand their audiences in that way where they can be like, hey, all of you queers can like come right in. Or, you know, just different gender people. But to me, I was just like, pretty sure this is kind of hitting a particular kind of queer fan base that really likes visual novels and romance sims for exactly that shipping reason. But then they felt kind of detached, I guess, from the ones that were aimed at straight women. So it's just like there were attempts and there there were and are attempts to make mobile games that do aim for a more diverse audience and more diverse cast. Yeah, but I think it's still fairly limited if you were continue right, to have right. um, a more Asian like main publisher for it or at least like under asian companies which is why like you know voltage usa fell through because the only western mobile dating sims game that i think did really well and actually still does really well despite having um all of these quote-unquote like setbacks of having like non-binary um options and things like that would be the arcana game from Nyx Hydra, which did superbly well for having such a diverse set of characters. You can romance yourself with female, male, or non-binary, but that still exists heavily in like a Western sphere. Yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they actually have localizations for Asian countries like Japanese and Korean. So that's the unfortunate part is like the West is very aware of like that diverse audience, but for some reason they can't like import it or port it over to Asia and make it more widespread as a result. I think that's why the Samurai Love Ballad Party was such a nice surprise, which I know it's a drop in the bucket because it is a single non-binary character amongst, you know, a selection of all men. But that being said, that that game is Japan. So that was not Voltage USA. Yeah. That was Japan. And not to mention the social media ruckus did not um, was not just from Western countries. It was also within Japan as well, which is why they're like, all right, we got you. Here's the non-binary character as a romance option. So, you know, there are signs, if nothing else, even if, unfortunately, this is just one story that I can talk about. But we, like, we should applaud as loud as we can so we can get more of them. So... All right. So I think then we are ready to pass the baton to you, Agnes. So... Agnes, your turn, you know, your experience with Ultimate Games, what's your first one? Does it impact your dating life? I'm going to guess no. I'm <laughs> just straight off the bat. But My whoa. dating life is essentially zero, so I'm not offended by this at all. <laughs> I, but I, I will talk about... For you, but all right. You can take, it's you okay, can take Josh. I'm okay. <laughs> I'll take the shots. Agnes is sort of used to me being a terrible bully towards her at this point now. So. <laughs> Very kind of you. Sounds about right. <laughs> But yeah, take but, it away yeah. like this. <laughs> sure. So unlike Gracie and Isabel, who had been influenced by Otome games when they were in college, I am from the stereotypical group. It started in middle school and high school. Oh. It's from the Tumblr era. Mm-hmm. You know, you see all the screenshots, you see all the girls thirsting about it at the Tumblr, and you're just like, 
Why don't I play it? There are only two problems. The reason why I didn't pick up Otome games as strongly as a lot of people did. The first one is I didn't have money, which means I couldn't <laughs> buy the stories. So that fell short very quickly. That, that's an understandable reason, I think. Yeah. <laughs> all the chapters cost money, and then all the big Otome games that were coming from Japan were like the stuff that you would play on like the PS um, and on the PC as well. Those were like. $40 worth and I'm like I don't have that money as a as a fourth as like no not fourth grader as like an eighth grader okay the most money I get is from like Chinese New Year my birthday and Christmas <laughs> and that's about it I don't got $40 on hand to buy a new game and then also simultaneously have money to buy like a PlayStation for it okay mm-hmm. <laughs> so that and then the second part was I did start playing a lot of like mobile type of dating sims as well when I was starting around high school when I finally got my own like phone but then the other reason why that fell short as well was because i found a lot of the story options to be really boring you're usually when you're playing those games you're very as we talk about you know you are the female self-insert but a lot of those routes and options you're very rarely given a lot of dialogue options and they're usually like two options so your personality actually doesn't diversify as much. Mm. And you kind of feel like stuck in this bubble between like, do I want to be the super ganky girl or like the super shy, like senpai kind of thing, you know? So that's like the weird dichotomy that I had when I was playing these games. I was like, I don't really feel like I fit in any of these roles. So that fell short quickly too. However, I will say that when I got shifting into the college phase, things start to get a bit weird with mobile games here first. The first one I'll talk about is awareness in mobile games. I started doing a little bit more research about like particular routes that I would have been interested in when I was playing them as a younger uh, teenager. But as I figured that out quickly, they turned really weird. And really weird as in not like BDSM kinks or anything. You know, BDSM is like way of life or however someone may want to say it. But these characters got really abusive. They got really possessive. And it feeds into a lot of these tropes. And I want to talk about kind of like the negative side effect of these Otome games, because we talked about it briefly earlier, that it has a big impression on young women. It turns out it has even a bigger impression on older women as well. Really? When I started use yes, when I started using Discord communities and I started doing like more role-playing type of stuff, because I was a role player for a very long time, and I still am now. I did mostly like action role plays and stuff, but Sometimes I would go into like romance rule plays where I would create my own character and call it like a romanceable character. I would encounter a lot of potentially straight females, I think, that really thirsted for like an abusive type of character trope. They would create those same characters because they're influenced from those same otome games and visual novels. And that's at one point, it kind of like struck me. And I was thinking to myself, why would you market something so creepy and vile to women you know it feeds into their dark fantasy for sure but it really kind of distorts a lot of their perception and especially in older women too and it's actually kind of scary interacting with them because the way that they speak and the way that they talk about stuff also kind of reflects off of those ultimate games you can clearly see it as well so that's like the negative side that i was kind of like appalled about especially because it's from that generation of ultimate games but I will say the silver lining of that was as I was starting to realize that there had suddenly become, there was suddenly a shift of Otome games becoming a lot more diversified, like Mystic Messenger, where it did still have a lot of those really weird elements of like, 
abusive possessiveness. He actually, there's actually several characters that do that in the series and it gets really dark. But there's now also in a lot of these Otome game stories and visual novels, there's a lot more other things to do. And that there are a lot more characterized customization options and dialogue that you can do and make yourself even more invested in that. Mystic Messenger was one of those. It almost ruined my life because it almost ruined my sleeping schedule. <laughs> but it was actually genuinely fun because of how different the mechanic was playing the game rather than like passively picking like one or two dialogue options that pop up every like 15 minutes while you're playing through the game because it's very mm-hmm. rare that you get those dialogue options in an Otome game. But Mystic Messenger had a lot of had a plethora of options that you could do. And then moving on to later Otome games like uh Queen's Love, uh, Mr. Queen's Love is one of them. And then recently I've been playing Tears of Themis, which is actually Oh, I heard good things about Otome. it. Yeah. It's very fun. It's very fun. I mean, it's done by the same guys that do uh, the same company that does Genshin Impact. Oh, and okay. So that should kind of be like a big flag and saying like, okay, this is a company that kind of values something that serves for both the gaming community and also the community that is not really gamer heavy, but are really interested in plot and romance. And Tears of Themis actually delivers quite well in the sense that it's a story about you are a aspiring lawyer you haven't passed the bar yet but you're actually interning at an office and you actually go out there and solve cases um and the really cool thing is that while you are romancing with a lot of these other characters one of them could be like the ceo of the law firm the law firm or like some characters that are like working in the background as like detectives and stuff you also get to debate in court you get to collect evidence that you find around the scene as like little playable games and then present that in- evidence in court and actually connect the dots between the two of them. Like there'll be um, a game screen where you'll have like five different pieces of evidence and there'll be a prompt that says X, Y, and Z committed this kind of crime. How can you present your evidence in what particular order to present your case? And then you would actually have to restructure it. And then the MC herself would have a long list of dialogues that she would have to say to present herself mm-hmm. at court. You can also present yourself when in debate with normal people when you're basically trying to like negotiate with them or you're trying to like verbally spar with them to tell them to stand down so that you can actually investigate the place. And it does it in a kind of like a cute little mini match that you do where if you hit them like with a critical hit of like uh, a triad of words that are like really sharp and cutting and logical, it will like deplete their health bar, which is really cute from both a gaming perspective and also from a narrative perspective as well. So I thought to myself like, wow, this is nice. Like, you know, you don't have the weird abusive kind of like weirdo content. You're not limited to number of dialogues but there's actually fun content that you can do unfortunately i didn't pick up tears the themis for very long my interest kind of derailed over time just because i've been busy i started playing a little bit of arcana recently the game that i talked about a little bit earlier but even then i was also derailed because it cost money so <laughs> money continues to strike again <laughs> yes makes sense I think what you're saying about older women stuff has been a bit of a complicated situation slash discourse because on one hand, we do have women who are like, you know, let them have their dark fantasy. But the part that's kind of gray as in there's just no clear line per se is you can't really tell the difference between women who are aware that this is just the trash they like you know and fantasize over and know that it is absolutely not at all healthy and not something they would want to engage with in real life 
versus the ones who genuinely believe in it. Because those people, like the former, do exist. There are women out there who like who know and and they're somewhat cringing at themselves because they know they shouldn't be into it, but they are into it, but they are absolutely self-aware of the fact that this is not something okay in real life and they don't engage in these things in real life. But the line between that and the women who do not know, it's really hard to figure out. And so so there's always this constant push and pull of being like, well, it's not fair that women don't get to have their own trashy, dark fantasy of romance, you know, and but then, you know, the opposing things like, well, we kind of put certain people in danger because of that. And it's a very hard thing. It's a can of worms. And obviously there will never be a right answer in regards to that, unfortunately. So uh, that was just something I wanted to point out. So does anyone have any questions for Agnes before we move on to our fourth guest that we leave the best for last? <laughs> Stop raising the standard so high. Jesus Christ. I, I just <laughs> I just think it's really great and important to have. So that's just me. And I'm very mushy and you know that. So. <laughs> all right. All right. I mean, we give credit to where it's due. So. Well, you don't have a question for Agnes, Gracie? You had, so, you had so many friends. Uh, I guess I don't really because Agnes is very thorough when she explains things. So. Agnes over I here like, no yeah. holes Exactly. Uncovered. She like covers it all in. So I don't have any questions. <laughs> I am saving my hide right here by not exposing myself. So I explain it all in one go and that's it. <laughs> very ISTP of you also. <laughs> yes, indeed. Very on brand. Uh, yeah. So do any of you two have questions for Agnes or are we ready to move on to Jack? <laughs> Um, maybe I'll just ask like the same type of question. Sure. Do you yeah. have also kind of a character that you would go after or would you also just play the routes through as well? I mean, I never completed these games, so it's kind of hard to tell. I tried to do like the Sundere type because it is close enough to me. Mm-hmm. Or I thought to myself like, oh, it's kind of cute how they blush and things like that. But then over time, I got kind of bored with a lot of them. Um, yeah, Agnes I, I really like needs to bounce them, around so. a lot. <laughs> so. Yeah, you have multiple guys on deck. That's oh yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I might as well have a hair at this point. You know what? That would be a great story to write. That would be really funny, actually. Gracie, write it. <laughs> I'm getting ideas. No, Gracie, don't write it. You have too many story ideas, and that means more work for Jack. Don't do this she to pays yourself. Me. I'll, I'll take it. She pays me. <laughs> You have a day job too, my I dude. I do have a day job, but money is nice. Because clearly we all didn't have money in middle school. <laughs> true. But yeah, I'm, Very true. I, I guess I can go ahead and start if we don't have any more of the questions. That's a great segue, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, which is kind of amazing to me that all three of you are just like, I didn't get that much into it. And I'm over here like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> curious <laughs> i feel like there's a spectrum of like how much we got into it the spectrum starts with gracie with gracie which is like the most research oriented psychological kind of research yeah <laughs> there we go and then all the way to like the degenerate side which is where like you and me are kind of at that section because hey, you we were, said like, you didn't finish these stories i'm gonna one up you in like a hot minute I, I know you're going to uh, one-up me in a hot minute because you're probably better than a degenerate. I'm the degenerate. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I'm at the far end. And then Jack is like, 
nearer to the middle because it's more professional. You have the insight, and then Isabel's also. I don't kind know of about a professional well. insight because I'm going to go straight into the not professional insight right now. <laughs> okay. Well, the professional insight part is also coming in the next week's episode, so save all your questions oh, yes. for I'll, Jack I'll save, about that. So <laughs> I'll save professional and useful and not fanboy Jack for next week. Also at Twitter, if you have miscellaneous mobile games questions that you think someone like me could answer, feel free. I don't know how I'll answer them, but we'll try. Anyway. We can include your tag in the, the mm-hmm. Twitter description. Yeah, add me, and, and I'm going to get like a bajillion blow-ups, and I'm going to be like, why are you all asking me questions? <laughs> Go away! <laughs> You're going to be famous, Jack! <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I guess I'll, my background is pretty funny because it's similar to Agnes's, where I did, play, I did start in middle school. So I started playing these in middle school with my first iPhone. And that was actually my first kind of main exposure to a romance story. I did not grow up reading. I didn't really grow up reading. Actually, I did. I did read a lot of romance stories as a kid. But this is my first one where it's just like this is interactive romance. And it's one that's aimed towards someone who is properly my age. Because the romance stories I read were accidentally the ones that are like Harlequin romances that a fifth grader should not read. But I accidentally. If anyone out there knows the writings of J.R. Ward, and I apologize if you do. But fifth grade me read those, and fifth grade fifth graders are not supposed to read that book. <laughs> so don't read it if you're a fifth grader. Uh, so anyway, you know, it, I think I was maybe in se- maybe seventh or eighth grade in middle school. Might have even been sixth grade, but I'm going to give myself like seventh or eighth. This was my first exposure, like big exposure to romance stories and kind of non-anime Japan content. And so I was just like, oh, cool. I'm a huge weeb. Let me like sink my teeth into this because i think it's really interesting and between the three of you you guys seem to not self-insert that much or maybe isabel did a little bit but i self-inserted really hard with these sorts of things because i just enjoy that type of story i really like the immersiveness even as trashy as they are looking back i really enjoy the immersiveness of visual novels and kind of these almost first person romances i guess we can call them so i also didn't have money However, I just quietly spent my cousin's con- connected oh Apple my account. And, like, <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Never told them. What if? So we were connected on the account, and my auntie, who is a doctor and has the money, and probably did not pay attention to the transactions going what on if her card. They hear this, never said Jack, anything. Did you just expose yourself? <laughs> they can if they want the money back. It's it, I probably spent like a total of a hundred bucks. Like I can <laughs> I can give them a hundred dollars back. Like I don't mind. Like if you. If you guys want the money back, like, tell me now and I'll, like, write a check, like, right now. <laughs> but, yeah, like, so I didn't have any weird... I should have, because I should have felt bad, but I didn't feel bad. I should have had... <laughs> so, I started with the old school Voltage games, and I'm just, like, amazed that you guys did not touch these. Or at least that Gracie and Isabel didn't touch these. Because I started with the old school Voltage games... Back when they kept trying to make Western versions of the same games, and those were really cringy because if you look at those games, they're the same exact game, but they just changed the art to be like white people and like maybe one black oh. guy. And then like just did the same thing, but with like Americanized. It was really, it's it's uncomfortable. But anyway, the first game that I started with was Seduced in the Sleepless City, which you guys probably don't know, but that one's hilarious to me because you play as an editor for her magazine. And this oh, is boy. <laughs> that's very on brand of you. <laughs> it's on brand for me, but this is the thing. Again, this is me in seventh and eighth grade, but I didn't know that editing was a job. We knew the world knew that 
Jack was meant to be an editor. <laughs> I was meant to be an editor. It was amazing. And then kind of my favorite ones that I had remembered were In Your Arms Tonight, which is kind of the most dramatic one I've ever read, which is like an overblown soap opera of your husband is cheating on you. And thus you just run, run out later. I think you literally like just run out the door and then you run into your new <laughs> love interest and then you run, quote, you know, in his arms. You guys can't see Agnes's so. face, but it's hilarious right now. So. <laughs> I, I'm I'm doing this and I'm like really hamming it up because Agnes's face is really funny. Um, so something like in your arms tonight, which that one was like, you have to deal with the drama of your uh, of your husband cheating on you, so you end up cheating on him back, I guess. <laughs> which again, as a kid, you don't know romance stories and you don't realize that that's like a toxic thing, or that you could probably work it out with your husband if you actually talk to him in the five years prior to him cheating on you. Like, those are things that you just kind of, like, logic is right here, but logic, you just throw it behind your head, and you're just kind of like, nope, no logic here. This is just a romance story. It's fun. Um, and th that that was kind of the point of view that I had as a kid, where I'm just like, I don't know anything better. And I think that kind of, like, plays into what you guys were talking about, where it's just like, when you are, you know, a young kid, or especially being a young girl, you don't know those things. And one of the best examples, which was actually my favorite story of these ones, is Kissed by the Baddest Bitter, which I hope I hope someone out there listening to this knows all of the voltage ones that I'm dropping, because I think these were some of the bigger ones. Um, but Kissed by the Baddest Bitter had, like, the most terrible setup, where you're just, I think you're just, like, a foreign worker. Maybe not even foreign, but you're just working at a hotel. Hotel slash casino. And then you get kidnapped accidentally. Accidentally kidnapped. And then you get put on auction. At like the, the black market downstairs at the underground what? casino. <laughs> what is uh -huh, going hang on? on? I'm not done yet. You get you, you get accidentally kidnapped because what was supposed to happen? Well, okay, let me just finish this first. But okay, so you get accidentally kidnapped, and then your love interest, whoever you choose, happens to purchase you on that night of the auction, and then they're just like, "Ooh, look, it's so dangerous and creepy and etc." But then you know that thing when you're young. And the reason why people really like vampire stories and stuff is because danger equals sexy in that very weird equivalent way. So this was one of those series where it's like danger equals sexy as a premise. And then to, to, to be a little bit fair to Voltage for this one, it turns out that it, it's still not a good reasoning. But it turns out that the main love interest's sister was being put on auction or something like that. And like they were trying to smuggle her oh, out. Oh, actually, country. that that like, is a good the, way to get around it. Okay. Yeah, interest was typical, yeah. yeah, that is a typical love trope. Was trying to smuggle her out of the country for good reasons, but you got kidnapped instead, and everyone was just like, "You are not the person that we were trying to smuggle <laughs> out of the country. Who are you?" And then you fall in love with your kidnapper, but not really. Like they they turned it Stockholm syndrome. It's still like a very much like. Why did you? Write I take it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, pl go play that one then, Gracie. I wonder how well um, it fits into but, my trope yeah, like guide. <laughs> All right, add it to your trope guide. And hey, speaking of tropes, my favorite was always Sundere, but specifically the Sundere that was uh, asshole with a heart of gold because that was always my favorite. Ah, uh, I know mm, which one um, those are. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's the one that's just a total mm -hmm. dick to you, yeah, total yep, jerk yep. to you, and just will not treat you right. And somehow that's sexy. Agnes is very questioning you right. your taste, like Jack, romantic. right now. 
Please, go ahead. I'm questioning I'm both of y'all's me. taste right now. I'm just so observing right the trope so here. I didn't fun. say that was my personal favorite. You're the one who's an S and an M, Gracie. And then, yeah, but like, so for those types of characters, the, I guess more for the like professional analysis part of this, sorry, but that's the kind of character where you're just like, but I can mm-hmm. heal him. Is the kind he of main shows the side of me only yeah, to right. me and not to only anyone to else. Me, I'm the only one who can right. understand them. Yeah, I did my full analysis on it. He's usually an INTJ. Yeah. Um, his T is like in the middle. <laughs> I hate this. I, see, this is what we have to go through at some point when Gracie talks about That's MBTI. Fair. So you're welcome. Oh, man. This is this is. <laughs> This is a crazy thing. The normal crazy thing. I like how the tr- the the closed caption says this is a crazy thing instead of a crazy thing. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> but yeah, like that. That's the thing, though. Like that trope is. We all know that trope. We all know characters that fit that trope, and that's kind of the the interesting line of when it's concerning for a young woman or you know whoever to think of that as a normal thing because kind of in real life. What that says to me is that you are an emotionally unavailable person, which is not good. At least for me, that's not a good thing. Um, so that's kind of the difference where it's just like, what are you romanticizing? And kind of the audience level, like me back in middle school, I was the type of audience that didn't know the nuances and didn't know what these things were. I don't. I didn't pick up any idea that these were abusive and toxic relationships because I didn't know any better. I don't know those things. And then I kind of realized that because... This is the part that Gracie wants me to get wants me to get to. Um, I wrote an entire article uh, when I was in ed- uh, internet fandom about how, in the funniest way, romance sims actually helped me figure out my gender identity. So if you've been listening to the podcast, you will know that I'm a trans person. I'm a trans guy. And that was something that took me a very interesting while to get to. And I do credit romance sims with a lot of that, which probably sounds like the weirdest thing where it's like you're playing a game that's meant for a young girl who's romancing guys and you're telling me and you're they kidnapped you accidentally who really <laughs> likes girls and who they kidnapped <laughs> me accidentally and i find that really hot really is that is that really what you're telling me yes yes it is but that's kind of like the interesting part about what media does for you and kind of like how you like grow up because if I, you know, reading these stories, I was just kind of self-inserting. I was like, oh, it's cool. I get to be the main character and I get to be fawned over by all these boys. How nice. And it's actually just a really interesting moment in in Your Arms Tonight that introduced my personal sort of, I don't know, my first, my first, uh, what's the word? Like first touch? Not That's the, that's a really wrong Inkling? word to use. Oh. My first experience. There we go. There's a phrase. My first experience with um, he, him pronouns. So in In Your Arms Tonight, there is a, like, his point of view series that kind of emulates how Harlequin romances usually do swapping perspectives. So in a classic Harlequin, maybe not classic, but in a certain type of Harlequin romance, and uh, sorry, to clarify, whenever I say Harlequin romance, I'm talking about a very specific genre of Western romance novels that are aimed kind of like romance sims toward the same exact audience having the same exact story. So in a classic Western um, Harlequin romance novel, you will sometimes get books that alternate chapters so then you have like the first chapter is the main character that's your character you sit inside her head blah 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 you just exist as her and then you know the alternating chapter will often be 
the love interest chapter. So like anything he's doing without you or anything he's doing to give you a better insight of how he is, even though the main character won't. So you get to know that he's a very soft and gentle person, even though the main character doesn't. So that's kind of what that does. And that's what the his point of view did in um, in your arms tonight. So in that particular situation, you get dumped into the love interest's head like unceremoniously. And you kind of play the exact same story from his side. And, you know, other characters treat you, the player, like you are him. And in that kind of roundabout and confusing way, they do say, you know, like, you're this guy. They use he, him pronouns. And that's kind of like that weird thing in my head, you know, in middle school egg me, where I'm just like, interesting, kind of curious. And that's just something that stuck in the back of my mind. And kind of made me think more about like gender roles and tropes and how that influences a view of yourself. Because the reason why I like Sundare so much, kind of like how you guys said, you gravitate toward the trope that you're the most kind of like most alike or are very much kind of similar to. The reason I like Sundare so much is because it's the type of person who puts a facade in front of themselves. And in my case, that's it's fairly like friendly and sociable. And then on the inside, you're a very emotionally kind of not warped, but a very emotionally sensitive person who doesn't feel like they can show off that emotional sensitivity. So that's how I grew up and seeing, you know, okay, they're 2D men, but you can see 2D men acting that way made me feel a little bit less weird about how I kind of viewed myself. And I was just like, okay, so guys can act like that too. So in a weird way, it upped my social anxiety and like sort of social anxiety <laughs> oh. a lot because it's like yeah no. uh, I mean it uh, like kind of on a on a on a not even gender identity level but it it impacted to kind of answer the the overall question it impacted my understanding of social situations but made me feel almost lesser because it's like oh everything's so simple in a in a romance everything's so simple in a you know in a novel but then yeah from you know in that awkward phase of middle school to high school it's just like there's that level of social anxiety where it's just like oh i i don't know how to words i don't know how to say things i don't know how to speak to people i don't know how to communicate so that kind of level and then like all of that other gender identity stuff where it's just like who are you because all teenagers have to figure that part out it's a big question and everyone's still figuring it out on top of that just kind of like changed my perspective on what like what media does for you in general where if i had gone into looking at you know voltage games or like romance sims and i had already been seeing more media like different romance novels or like more movies or something and had a better understanding of like what i can be exposed to i probably wouldn't have had such a you know big impact like this romance sims would not have had much of a big impact but since it was like kind of the starting point for me understanding my, myself and kind of like the world around me it really impacted me a lot especially with how much i played it like i played a lot of those games like too many of those games i and the same thing as gracie where it's just like when i picked up the game and i looked at the characters designed i was like oh i know which guy i like and then i'm gonna go toward that one exactly and that's how much that i had engaged with these things and that's how much like i had looked out to find them kind of like the same thing i've just been saying about romance and it's like we want to see these things because they kind of reinforce what we know or think we know about what the world is, about what the, the romance is. And 
Yeah, no, that was just kind of like the craziest thing for me where I didn't pick up these things as possibly toxic or possibly abusive or possibly not realistic because they felt real to me and the way that it was written in of my time period that I had been watching these. And I found that really interesting because it definitely impacted me a lot. <laughs> so in the ones where it switches POVs to the guys, you mentioned you've seen that before in Harlequin romances and you've accidentally read some, you know, before you should have. So I guess why did the uh, Rome, the ultimate game make an impact on you? You know, the one that made you think, huh, I feel comfortable with being, you know, gendered as a he him instead of a she her. Um, you know, why did that make an impact on you over the other novels in which they do have that POV switch? Yeah, I mean, I think the ones that I read didn't have the POV. I don't remember. Most of them don't. I, I don't know. Those ones don't. in particular, I will say that the ones I mentioned, that's erotica. So it is slightly different. Where okay, okay. It's slightly it. different mm-hmm. because the focus isn't on the, it is on the self-insert sex, but not the self-insert romance necessarily. Yeah, so yeah, different. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So I think that's that's one reason. But also, um, that's kind of just, I think that's just the beauty of games and the beauty of game design, where even something as you know straightforward as a visual novel or a romance sim, being in the driver's seat in terms of like I am clicking, you know, I'm clicking my mouse to move the story forward feels more like you're the one in control rather than I'm reading what the main character is doing and flipping through a book. Like you, you if you do what I do and kind of self-insert much kind of more, more emotionally attached to your main character, then I think that's what kind of drives that home more where it's just like, oh, that's me rather than I'm reading the main character of a book doing things. Oh, I think it's okay. just an immersiveness difference. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, I definitely understand where you're coming from for that because I had a former friend. I'm no longer friends with her now, but we were really... That's a long, complicated story. I don't like talking about it too often. But when we were in college together, you know, I'm like the seasoned otaku. I've seen a lot of things. I've read a lot of things. That girl was not anywhere near an otaku. We were just friends because we came from the same high school. And she excitedly came up to me one day when we were still friends and told me, I just found the most amazing thing ever. It's called a dating, like an on, like a romance <laughs> dating sim. And I'm like, girl, those things have existed since the 90s. Like, what mm-hmm. are you talking about? Like, I've seen this stuff for like years since high school. She's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. You can like press options and make decisions. I'm like, girl, that's been a thing since the 90s. What are you talking about? But it has such an amazing impact on her despite her not being a gamer. She was nowhere near gaming. She hated gaming. She was like very religious too, so she saw it as like act of the devil or something. Oh, like, um, but she was so enamored with the fact that it was such an immersive story with like visuals, music, and her taking control of her life. And at the time, she was not in a good place, so mm. having this kind of game where she could take control of like her love life instead of having unpredictable circumstances changed the way that she views people in certain circumstances she felt like she was really invested in the game and for a while she was pretty invested she was working part-time too so i think she may have spent a little bit of money on it as well so that shows how really powerful a lot of these otome games are on a very impressionable audience i think for both as a young teen and also for older women as well going into adulthood and then also being an adult like in their 30s and 40s 
rather than uh, a Harlequin romance, regardless if it's erotic or just general romance where it's fairly stagnant and you, there's no real taking control or interacting with it other than just casually flip through pages. I think you actually answered like a question about myself, Agnes, like accidentally. <laughs> so I mentioned how, you know, I'm not a gamer at all and games just don't click with me and stuff like that. And, you know, I... A lot of people have wondered why. You got to find the right game for you. It's not that. It's the fact that (laughs) I don't like to be the one who's in charge of making these decisions. So that's why games as a whole just don't fit with me. Because I would rather characters make the decision and me just watch it. I don't want to make the decision. Because you already take so much control of your own life that when you're engaging in a piece of media, you'd rather just relax to it and yes. not have to do anything with yes, it. Yes, that's oh, exactly so, it, which go. is why Grace is such an independent, wo- an independent woman. Just, wow, powerful. So right? Powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Gracie is the powerful woman that we all aspire to. <laughs> no, when no, I no, grow no, up, I want to no, be like I, Gracie. I, no, I love that. So, did you guys not hear me making a whole research paper out of the ultimate game? Yeah, see, stuff, but that's but... logical. Mine was just like, I'm having trouble with you myself. You know, that's what society... <laughs> Yeah, that's what society feels like. What an intelligent young teenager that isn't a degenerate that goes goo goo gaga over a hot male that has silver Hello? hair, okay, right? Be, uh, <laughs> yes, but you guys also forget. You know what? I, I, that never mind. <laughs> <laughs> did I nail it? We broke. Racing. What I am going to say is that did like you talking about that does make me realize I finally now have an answer as to why games just don't click with me because you know I don't want to be the one in the driver's seat i don't want to be the one making these decisions and i definitely do feel like it when i play these games it doesn't feel like it's someone else and so i don't like games because of that (laughs) and so um, and i think that's a perfectly valid point that it's not your type of entertainment media mm -hmm. you would rather be reading books or movies and i think that makes me a little bit more tolerable now too because i used to kind of like look at other people who weren't like into anime or to video games being like why wouldn't you like these pieces of media they're so fun but it really but the reality is it just doesn't click with you because of you're so different from the rest oh, of, for it sure, in terms yeah. of like priorities and wanting to take control of certain aspects yeah and i think it's also and it's not a bad thing also kind of what you said earlier about the impressionableness of things i think that mm-hmm. to be honest like for me it is it was just that games were more immersive but Judging from what we've seen, at least from what I've seen in my personal experience, of how some women act after reading only Harlequin romances to kind of fuel what they understand romance to be, that's definitely still very impressionable. And it definitely does kind of shape the way that they see their world and see what men should be treating them like. I've mm-hmm. read many, many a Harlequin romance, which is why I have too many knowledge of this and this and again like we joked earlier that i read some in fifth grade but this one was these are the ones i'm thinking of are actually for my previous work which i apparently will be going over more next week um i i had to oh yes these. you signed up for it without realizing oh, you signed up oh, for God. It. i you know I, I i read these for work i read these to understand the audience's you know mindset and understanding of what they liked in their romance. So, you know, as a mobile game designer, which is what I did previously, so I could write the same type of romance that they want to read. So that's why I read so many Harlequin romances. And after reading so many of them, you get the sense that it's like, okay, well, these, first off, in my opinion, these women need help. But in in a lot of <laughs> in a lot of cases, it's just kind of like, that's the type of media that they want and grew up with. And I think that an important part of 
any type of talk with media is kind of what I alluded to earlier, where it's like we need to have diversity, not even just like in terms of people or like the cast members being different races or genders and so on. But like literally you as a person need to be in, you know, consuming different types of media to get a better sense of like what other things look like. And it doesn't even need to be like fiction media, like just look out into the real world sometimes too and just be like, hey, is this, you know, fantasy series or like dark fantasy romance story going too far for what I think reality should look like kind of thing. And I think that a lot of people kind of get wrapped up in their, which is fair. Like if you like your favorite media, you want to stick to it. Like if you really like Mm -hmm. Isekai, you are a very happy person who only watches isekai like that's fine i see that face agnes i see that face (laughs) my my face is also agnes's face where she's just like kind of face palming a little bit and i'm just like yeah it's it's isekai (laughs) anyway it it, it, it serves for a particular right it hits my point though where we can all rag on isekai i'm so sorry if you guys like isekai at the twitter people please don't flame me um that everyone, like the people, the four of us here are just, well, can, can and will rag on people who love isekai because we're like, but that's trash. Like, you should be watching other things that aren't trash. Um, and that's kind of the same idea that a lot of people have about romance sims or harlequin romances. Like, that's trash. You should watch something else. And that's kind of my point, where it's just like, people, some people won't, some people don't, and some people don't want to kind of expand their repertoire of what they read or what they consume or what they watch. And I think that especially for some for people for either younger audiences or very impressionable audiences we should definitely encourage expanding that out more if you can and if you can and enjoy it because Mm -hmm. it's like i i i very much feel like i'm like standing on a soapbox right now like this 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 comes off and sounds to me as very like media elitist but i don't mean to be i'm just like it, it kind of hurts me when people kind of look at media without a critical eye and don't question why something is a certain way or why something should be this or that way. It's more so that critical analysis that I'm just like, ah, come on, like, let's kind of dive deeper into it and think about it sometimes, depending on what you want, dive deeper in, like, past the surface and try to just understand the reasonings that some things are the way that they are in media and why they should or should not be the same way in, you know, real life. Yeah, um, this actually falls perfectly into, uh, once again, Shauna said that she thinks they're like high schools should start teaching media analysis, especially because of how quickly media has changed and consumed people's lives as a whole. Definitely. But I've also seen um, there's a YouTube channel that I really like to follow where a therapist watches. So a professionally, psych- a professionally certified therapist watches movies and breaks down things psychologically and compares it to real life. And That's he's also cool. said that. He said that he feels like a media analysis like class is perfect to teach a blend of literary analysis and psychology. And he feels like it's really it would be very not only fun for people to learn, but also a way to protect people as they grow older. Because what better way is there to learn psychology through modern media, a.k.a. things that you would be naturally interested in? And so. um, Right. Yeah. Yeah, so that was so that's what like you're saying that reminded me of that as well. So yeah, I think that's exactly up that alley that I'm kind of really wanting from people. I think it's definitely that where it's just like if we kind of focused on figuring out how for our you know for our own sakes to kind of separate media from reality and kind of like understand the differences, 
It would mm-hmm. definitely, I think, I think, first of all, as a big literary nerd, it would help your enjoyment in enjoying the series. If you kind of <laughs> did, like, I think it's more fun to analyze things, but I'm a big nerd about that. I think you guys would agree with me, though. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we're all, we're, we're all, all nerds. That's, did that's a lot the of, point of Girl Talk. <laughs> right. Yeah, anime, we're all literary anime nerds. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it's definitely And then the other that. thing is that it makes it, fun for people who aren't like literary nerds like you have the, the, the jocks and like the math and the science geeks who literally don't give a shit about critical analysis and then they go to college and college is like hello we're gonna do critical analysis now and they're like you know so it's a it's a good point for college prep if you think about yeah, it yeah yeah okay but some of these also, people don't want to look at it like that but you're you're, you're i know logically correct I know, let, you know, my, my STEM major is horrible. Appeal to them, she's good at it. <laughs> this is what, see, this is what I know because my STEM major is so scary. I'm the emotional one, and Agnes has all the logic, and I'm just like, no emotions. <laughs> I mean, I acknowledge that they exist. <laughs> it's just that it doesn't surface very it's often. It's locked in the so. closet. Her brain. This is why. This is why me and Agnes. Sky. <laughs> Also, it sometimes works and sometimes it doesn't work. You have been very quiet. Do you have any questions or comments you want to share? No, yeah, I'm just enjoying this time with you all. Just like talking over this. Does, so. does this match up to our MBTIs, Gracie? I'm so sorry. You just, yeah. I, you just brief and just like, I can't even talk over it. And I just talked over you. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. It happens. <laughs> so what were you saying, Isabel? <laughs> Oh, no, I, yeah, I honestly have nothing to add, that's why. But, yeah, did you guys have any, or did you have any other topics you want to talk about? I think I, that's about it, and like I said, we do have a part two, so, okay, so you don't have any questions for Jack then, Isabel. <laughs> I think we'll save it for the next podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Okay, got it. Alrighty then, well, we are definitely over time today, but obviously this was a very fun topic that we wanted to talk about. I we had four hope you guys. Yeah, we had four people and we did a good job of, you know, keeping track of time. But that being said, we do have to end it. So I hope everyone enjoyed listening to us talk about our personal experience with Ultimate Games and how it's impacted our lives personally and whichever format there is. In uh, Agnes's case, it was her wallet, but <laughs> or her, her lack of a wallet in middle school. But that being said, uh, you know, we hope you guys enjoyed this. And, you know, please, if you enjoyed this episode, please be on for next week because uh, we're going to do Q&A and have... Jack talk about the inner workings of working for an ultimate game. So I will later post up a tweet to ask people to, uh, you know, contribute any questions they would like to have for Jack. Um, just so we also can get any some general stuff. questions to me too would be fine. Considering anything queer related, let me know. That's 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 topic I could talk about too. Yes, he is. He is. Uh, you know, uh, our non girl, <laughs> our non girl on the girl talk. I'm the token. So, I'm the token non girl for girl taku. So exactly. any questions about Rotome games or queer queerness, queerness, or I don't know, manga editing, care about that. Sure. Ask me anything. <laughs> and novel editing, because he's my novel editor. So. And novel editing <laughs> and editing in general and game. De- I, whatever. Ask me anything. <laughs> yeah. So I hope everyone will be here with us next time. And yeah, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.